This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. One of these days, I will master the ability to complete a sentence. Scott Owen. Right, what would I know? I'm just the weekend host around here. And Adam Pace. Look, I think of what other choice you have. Starting now. 32 is now 16 in the Australia Cup. Hello everyone, welcome to the Brisbane Football Review. It is the second episode of Season 7 for us, and we've got some cup football action coming your way. It is James Scott and Adam here with you on the Eka Public Holiday for some of us. And uh, Scott, three out of five Queensland teams have advanced. That's pretty much what we expected, wasn't it? It is. It's gone very well once again for the Queensland sides in the Australia Cup. The weather's heating up and so is the cup action. Adam, how are you going? Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, I'm the one that's not on a public holiday, but no. But uh, yeah, look, as far as the uh, as far as the cup goes, uh, yeah, look, I think it went as as planned. Uh, we sort of it was sort of a long shot that um, that Logan were going to go to Adelaide or Macarthur were going to or Macarthur would not we're going to fall on Mackay. But uh, yeah, look, uh, three heavy chances still left in the cup for Queensland. Well, you say you're the one not on a, a public holiday. Being the mayor of Morton Bay is actually a full-time job, we should point out. It is. <laughs> and you are the mayor. You can set up public holidays whenever you like. This is all your own doing. Yeah, I did on Monday. Well, why did you pick Monday, not Wednesday? What's wrong with you? Long weekend. Yeah, I'm, with, I'm actually with Adam <laughs> on that. Monday public holidays are a lot better than uh, Wednesdays. Mm. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, The Raw Review, Twitter, at b Football, Instagram, Brisbane Football Review. On those social accounts, you can find uh, news updates that we find from around the uh, competitions and whatnot, as well as live coverage of every senior Brisbane Raw match, as well as select National Premier League's games. And that season is getting down to the uh, closing stages. And on our podcast feed, you can also check out the NPL Sunday show, which some say, thankfully, is a James-free zone as uh, the weekend host just tries not to cough up a lung there, Scott. By unpopular review, it is on Sunday nights. Yes, that's right. But that uh, reminds me, you mentioned the record Queensland Cup to have in the Australia Cup, James. I, was, I remember I wrote this down. It's 16 from 24 now for the Member Federation Cups. Forget, forget the Raw and forget the Northern Zone teams. The South East Queensland Zone sides are 16 for 24. So that's a quite good record for the Southeast Queensland teams. Out of curiosity, does that actually include when Penn Power played the Raw last year? Uh, yes, it does. Okay, there we go. I was just curious about that. lines, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Or just, like, in the round of 32 of them. Yeah, this is the round of 32 record, yes. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. Anyway, so what we're going to do is uh, take you back a couple of weeks, run through the five results for the Queensland teams in the round of 32, as well as look ahead to the suddenly very imminent round of 16 uh, clashes for the three sides that managed to advance. And we are going to start now with Brisbane City's 3-1 win over um, Coburn City from Western Australia. That was at Parc de Puri a couple of Wednesdays ago. And it was a bit of a slow start there, Adam, but in the end, City just looked like they were able to run over their Western rivals. Yeah, it looked like uh, uh, City, uh, Coburn City came in with a game plan, and that was sort of to to go get get an early goal and sort of try and you know 
hold, hold them out. And the, the first part worked. They did get they get did get the first goal. Um, with City sort of you know sort of now sort of notorious sort of sit back and and take pressure, and they actually uh, able were able to uh, get through. But after that, but you always knew that if City got one, they get they get two, and eventually they got got a third penalty right. You know, in pretty much in garbage time. So. Um, yeah, look, all, all went to plan for C for Brisbane C. They were probably, you know, on paper, were always going to be favourites in that, especially Coburn travelling, you know, transcontinental. But uh, yeah, look, uh, Coburn were good value in the first thirty minutes or so. They were good value in the first thirty minutes. Unfortunately for, for the West Australians, they ran out of legs, didn't they? Midway through the second half, you could really see they started to falter when Brisbane C put the foot down and managed to get a couple of goals to get a comfortable lead. It never really looked likely for Coburn that they were going to find a way back into the game and for City the interesting thing is they've been on a really good run of form lately as Adam mentioned but that was the first time they went a goal down and actually came back to win the game so I think it was a really big moment for Brisbane City not just in their cup run but they're also their league form to be able to go from a goal, come from a goal down and win the game was a massive moment for them well you talk about that uh, resilience. That was the buzzword when we spoke to one of the goal scorers after the match Sam Sibatuara this is what he had to say uh, in the commotion on the sideline at full time. Sam, a 3-1 win tonight. Pretty happy with that? Very, very happy, you know. Yeah, very happy, you know. Um, we put in a great team effort. We went behind um, early on, 1-0, and um, we showed resilience, you know, something that we've showed the last month or two that's in us. And so finally we're, we're in form, we're playing our best, and I'm sure everyone's going to be celebrating tonight. Yeah, and uh, that goal to take the lead? Oh, the goal to take the lead... Don't, I don't want to show it on myself, you know. It's more of a team effort, you know. We grinded it out after that, and it was a superb effort. Uh, but, yeah, coming back from that 1-0 deficit at halftime as well, you spoke about the resilience. What was said uh, in the break? Um, when we get behind, we're calm. You know, we're very resilient. Um, Matt said in the change room, you know, just remain calm. We're controlling the game. After, the, after they scored the first goal, they didn't really press on us much. So we, we stayed calm. We controlled the ball. We know chances were going to come. You know, due to their flight, their long flight over, they got tired, and we capitalised. And just you know, talk, talk about the occasion tonight at Perry Park. Well, it's a great turnout. Best Perry Park it's been for a while. Eh? <laughs> it's awesome. Great stuff. So hopefully we get a home game again and we can do it again. Definitely. And uh, gaining some momentum for the league uh, campaign as well? Yeah, you know, we've got a short turnaround on Sunday against Logan. Um, it's going to be another tough game, but we're not going to take them lightly. So we're going to recover, get well and go again. Cool. Well, uh, we've got you. Oh, yeah. Um, just quickly, um, the first goal, how important was that when you got the first goal back to get the confidence up? Yeah, usually when a team gets a, uh, gets a goal back, you know, we, we're getting confidence. Everyone grew. It wasn't just one or two people, it was everyone, the whole 11. And we knew that we, once we've got the first goal, we're going to get more. And you've been at Brisbane City for a long time. What does it mean to you to play for this club oh, on the national all, stage? It's awesome, it's awesome, man. Like, you know, it's been a long time coming. It's a great club. You know, everyone behind the scenes has put in all the effort and all the boys, week in, week out, day in, day out. It's finally coming to fruition, so awesome stuff. Cool. Well, good luck for the next round and for the rest of the season. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thanks to Sam for his time again. I don't know how many appearances that's been his uh, post-game interviewee, but uh, he's always good value for a, a quote or two as well. I think he got a little uh, cheeky dig at strikers in there at the end, didn't he? <laughs> he did, but uh, also as well, I know, I know we had a debate about it on the night, but which was the, uh, I guess, the better goal? Was it uh, Yudhiriyama's goal or Sam Sibtuara's goal? They're both, they're both top shelf, but um, look, for, in my opinion, I actually thought Yudhiriyama's goal to equalise, that was a very, very well-taken goal on the volley. 
the goals were about equal, James, so the, the deciding factor has to be the shot at the strikers. So by that nature, Samson Suarez <laughs> wins. <laughs> they were two absolutely like fantastic goals, weren't they? Both of them in, in pretty quick succession, actually. To score two goals like that so quickly was absolutely spectacular scenes at Park de Paris. It was, yeah, and it was a really good night as well. Only 750-odd in attendance, so which I, I have to admit was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I think they were hoping to crack four figures, but those that were there were making plenty of noise and you know, really adding to the atmosphere of the night. Um, as we got asked a few times as well, the it, from what we were told, the reason the game was at uh, Perry Park instead of City's spiritual home of Corporate Travel Management Stadium at Newmarket was down to the lighting, which was damaged in uh, February's floods. So, yeah, that's pretty... Yeah, look, and then, look, I think that's probably a factor in for those for those listening to us who are not familiar with um, with Brisbane football and sort of how the locations go, that, uh, yeah, um, the, just, uh, Brisbane City have spiritually played, you know, for, for 50 years at, at Spencer Park, you now known as Corporate Travel Management Stadium. And uh, I think some... And to, to play at probably their closest rivals' grounds, I think that, in a way, on a, on a weeknight, parking is... Very very tough. Um, yeah, look, it's 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 unfortunate, but yes, seven hundred and fifty. But it was a very very vocal seven hundred and fifty. And it's not the first time clubs have had to move their um, Australia Cup ties to the Parc de Paris. James, I think Redlands had to move their big cup tie against Adelaide to to that ground. Olympic have moved games there. At least this time it was a pretty close in proximity move from Brisbane City over at Newmarket to Parc de Paris at Bowen Hills. I think it's about what five k give or take between the two venues so it's not it wasn't too far away from their spiritual home uh, also Lions in 2015 before uh, Lions Stadium got the big, the the big upgrade you know obviously Lions Stadium now is probably capable of uh, hosting A-League teams well they have A-League women's uh, matches as well yep. but yeah I thought it was really good to see City you know getting uh, through it has been a rough season for them not just because of the uh, club uh, flooding but up until recently, they were in real danger of getting relegated before they've uh, pulled off four wins in a row in the league or something. So maybe a little bit of a uh, bit of encouragement for what Matt Smith is building there as well, who, by the way, managed to play a pretty solid 90 minutes on the night as well. So there's a lot to uh, like about what's going on there in the absence of uh, Daniel Bowles, who has also been big for them. He did Bowles miss that game, and we thought it was going to be a big miss, but Matt Smith filled in absolutely commendably for him. But you mentioned the run City had been on. It started with that round cup t- round seven cup tie against Lions. So we've seen before cup ties can alter the shape of a season, and that was once again the case for Brisbane City. Yes, it was. All right. Um, moving on now, we're going to go all the way down to uh, Adelaide, where they took on Adelaide City and uh, Logan. Well... It was kind of a bit. It was kind of a free hit for them. It was a tough uh, trip flying down uh, to South Australia on the day of the game, and unfortunately, they just couldn't really find a way uh, through the Adelaide City defence. Scott, no, they could not. They had a couple of good chances in the first 20, 25 minutes. Unfortunately, they weren't able to capitalise on them. But Adelaide City, when they got that first goal, which was a really nice to work goal down their left hand side, and from that moment on, the game became a real arm wrestle in the middle, and Adelaide were quite comfortable in terms of controlling that, particularly through the second half. The bits of it that we were able to keep an eye on if in the press box up there at Perry Park on two weeks ago, it looked like every time we were watching it, Adelaide were just in enough control to, to nullify what Logan were doing. They had a couple of strike weapons they brought off the bench, notably Jacob Fullock, but they just weren't able to create the chances in that second half against what is a really strong NPL South Australian side, and in fairness, they deserve their win. 
Yeah, I was going to sort of say about Adelaide Sea. They're they're a very very good team, uh, and, uh, and I actually think that they will they will actually give um, Adelaide United they play in the round of sixteen a, a real fright. I reckon if they if they can keep their sort of form up, uh, but uh, be as it may, as far as that game, a valiant effort by by Logan Lightning. I don't think many people gave him much chance, and the, I only can see one goal, which was a beautifully worked goal, Daniel Breslin with the finish. Um, yeah, look, I think that's a commendable effort for Logan in their first tilt at the um, at the Australia Cup. And I and I think it has to be said as well. Logan did have to do it the hard way to get there, uh, upsetting Olympic in the sixth round of qualifying and whatnot. But even so, like it is a side that just getting to the national stage is a really good achievement for that club as well. And maybe you know. Could, it could still work out well for them. There's a bit of a silver lining where they can just turn their focus on uh, what is still very much a relegation battle in the NPL Queensland competition. Yeah, well, we sort of say that, you know, the sort of how, how we were talking about City before and how the Cup has sort of invigorated their season. It's actually been quite the opposite for... Um, for Logan Lightning, where they're, they're sort of, their fortunes have sort of turned the other way, I think, with the distraction of the Cup. Uh, we saw them play a crunch game against uh, Brisbane City uh, on the Sunday afterwards uh, at Corporate Travel Management Stadium. They were, they were flat to the floorboards as far as, you know, you know and, and end up losing 4-0. And 5-1. I think, I think they are... Was it 5? Pretty sure. It was 4-1 or 5-1. They got uh, one, it, I know that. I was commentating. Oh, it was one. Yes, it was. Sorry, I, I was yeah, commentating. I really should know that. Yeah, I think it's four. I think it's four one. But anyway, it was it was a a big win for City, and uh, the likelihood is that barring a miracle, uh, there I think Logan, uh, fortunately, uh, probably going to be relegated. Yeah, Logan's another club, James, who've had a really rough year, haven't they? We've um on the Sunday show, we've made a rule not to talk about the relegation situation and why Logan <laughs> are in that position, and we might continue that over here as well, I think everyone understands that, but they have had a really tough year right back to the start of the year, and they've um, they've had a tough year, and they've also had their coach leave as well during the year. Rick Coughlin's gone up to Peninsula Bow, who we'll talk about in a moment, but that left them with it, with a, with um, James Coote stepping up to take up the coaching role, so it's been a bit of a tough year for Logan, a lot of things thrown at them, and they've done really well to reach this far into the Australia Cup, and also put in a commendable commendable performance in the league, including this last weekend as well. So they've had a really good year, and the Cup run was a good reward for them. Without a doubt. Now they can uh, turn their attention to NPL Survival. One side that doesn't need to worry about NPL Survival is the Brisbane Roar, as their A-League men's team went uh, down to Melbourne and came away with a 3-1 victory, and that now makes it three Australia-slash-FFA Cup round of 32 matches in a row that they've uh, won, which, you know, considering we've all vented our frustrations with the uh, Raw's performance in this competition in the past, it's a good sign that you've got Warren Moon and his predecessor as well wanting to uh, begin the three out of four, Scott? Yeah, they lost to Sydney. They beat Sydney. Not the Cup. Oh, that was Sydney. That was uh, was the former manager's first game. Yeah. Oh, you meant round of 32? Yeah, I did say the round of 32. Okay, my bad. When hosts don't Cheerfully listen. withdrawn. <laughs> Do you think I listen to what you say? Are you kidding me? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, considering I'm asking you questions, it might be a good idea. Anyway, the point I was going back to uh, was that, and we'll go to Adam since he's actually listening, uh, it is a good sign that the Raw are really starting to, you know, find their footing uh, this early in the season. 
look, that, that I think comes down to the coach and I think the attitude of the club. And that Warren Moon is someone you know who comes from sort of you know that member federation club background, being with Lions and you know potential power for that, and understanding that you know it is unacceptable for any club, be it A League, be it A League or you know a top tier federation club, to to dismiss the. Australia Cup as something more than a pre-season and that attitude is starting to show look they've, they've had some I guess they've had some um, I guess fortune in the I guess in the draw where they've drawn member federation clubs potential power last year Heidelberg this year but still that doesn't that doesn't change the performance and this was actually a good performance uh, by the Raw uh, especially after sort of you know getting an early lead uh, they, the, uh, the host actually did come back and really sort of give them a fright yeah, I was listening to you, James, just to make that clear. But in terms of the Raw, you mentioned Warren Moon there, Adam. I mean, he's he said before he's given that speech in the Lions' changing room about what it's like to be coaching against an A-League side, about what you've, how you've got nothing to lose and go out there and express yourself and do your absolute best and see what happens. So he understands what the approach was going to be from Peninsula Power last year as well as Lions in around 16 and then Heidelberg this year. So he's well and truly across that. And I thought the Raw dealt with it really well, James. They went down there and... The early goals just made things a lot more comfortable for them in terms of what they led them to play from in front. Didn't give Heidelberg and that big crowd there at Olympic Village the chance to think that they were going to get ahead of the game and have a, one of those magical cup sets that everyone seemed to think was on the cards when the draw came out. So they did well to quieten that down right from the start. And then when they did equalise, they scored again right away as well. So they, they never gave Heidelberg the chance to think this could be our night. It was always the Raw playing from in front and that was the that was the best thing that could happen for them in terms of being able to manage the game and control the game and I thought they did that quite well. So we'll talk about some individuals in a minute, but as a team they controlled the game quite nicely. And that is for me the first thing that you really want to look for, uh, as the Raw try and recover from a very disappointing eleventh place finish last year. It is the fact that they've they are able to at the very least be front runners in a game as well. And I think we saw it in fits and spurts last year where if they were able to get on the front foot early, it was very hard for teams to really match them, but it was, you know, going the other way. They need to, they weren't great always uh, coming from behind. So at least this is something that uh, Warren Moon can build on. And you mentioned the individual, Scott. We'll, we'll go with um, arguably the most prominent individual, at least on Twitter, in the uh, Brisbane Raw squad right now, and that is new signing Charlie Austin, who I think may have had possibly the best uh, first touch impact for the Raw since Harvey Hervas. That's the grand finals of the best first touch in the Brisbane <laughs> Raw shirt. Harvey Hervas and his set-up for Enrique back in the day versus Charlie Austin setting up of um, Ramon Akbari. And that was really noticeable in the game, actually, the way Charlie Austin was able to hold the ball up and bring players in around him was really noticeable, and I think that's a, there's a lot there for... It's a first-up appearance for Charlie Austin in the Raw, and I think there's a lot there that Warren can take out of that in terms of the way they can use him, not just as a penalty box player. We all, we all know he can score goals in the penalty area, and that will come. But his link-up play, particularly around the halfway line when they're playing out under a bit of pressure, to be able to play the ball to him, he can hold it up and, and unleash other players... Given the pace the Roar have got, James, that's an um, that's a really good good um, foundation for a counter-attacking game. You can hit the ball up to Charlie Austin, not necessarily a long ball, but to his feet, and then he can play in somebody else in behind, and you can get get through that way. So I thought it was really a really good first-up performance from Charlie Austin, given he hadn't done much training either since he'd been here. It was about a week, week and a half that he'd been in the country. 
it was a really good first up performance from him and you mentioned like some of the speed the Raw have on the outside you've got the likes of Riku Danzaki Nikola Milayuznic um Jez Lofthouse out wide those sorts of players that if they can get on the same page with Austin really should uh help uh take their game to a higher other level as well yeah I, look I, and that's exactly I think that's actually probably the, the um I guess almost the more pleasing thing is that you know Charlie Austin you know two assists look he's going to score goals he's a natural goal scorer but the fact is is that the, the worry is with with a player like Charlie Austin is that you know that that if if his form doesn't doesn't sort of you know correlate he's not scoring goals uh, that basically the Raw's hopes are, are sunk in fortune this season. So the fact that he can assist, he, he's setting up players and and those players are you know taking advantage of that, uh, that that bodes well for the Raw, uh, especially you know with as you point out, you know having that hold, him as a hold up player and having a lot of speed on the wings, that that, that could be a very very dangerous uh, sort of you know front that the Raw has in attack, which is something that was sorely missing last season. It was and. It would be remiss not to uh, also mention the spectacular free kick by Nikola Milayuznic to... That was to seal the game at 3-1, wasn't it? That was about two minutes to go, yeah. And I think we were all in agreement Nikola Milayuznic is the new free kick taker after that effort. From that side of the pitch, yes. It was very reminiscent to what Dimi did back at um, Amy Park when he was in Raw Colts, wasn't it? That spectacular free kick that landed... Top Same. corner. I think Dimmies was a little bit better given the way it swerved into the top corner, taking nothing away from Nicola's effort, but I think he's on set pieces from now on. And I think also as well, I think it's interesting, you know, and just going back to Scott's point before, early about summing up the games, that after after that clumsy penalty that was given away, that got, got Heidelberg back equal, to pretty much go down um, a couple of minutes later and get back in front, a, a good goal uh, by Henry Hoare, to to uh, get them back in front. I think that that was critical. And then obviously then uh, the uh, free kick for uh, Nikola Mulyaznich uh, pretty much you know, crowned what was a very very good uh, good night in Melbourne. It was, and but we all were on guard about the upset potential as well. And you know, with all in all fairness to Heidelberg, we did think they had a side that if the Raw didn't show up, they would be more than capable of uh, not only beating them, but being the better team on the night. And, you know, I think, again, going back to our original point when we started off this discussion, it's really encouraging that uh, Moon was able to basically just get the side firing from the outset. So there's a lot to look forward to. The Raw do have another uh, Victorian trip coming up. Sorry, South Queensland trip coming up. And, um, yeah, there's plenty, uh, plenty going forward for the Raw. Now, that was a very busy Wednesday night for us where I'm pretty sure of the... Four, six, yeah, of, of the goals that were scored uh, in the games we were covering that night, I think about six of them were all taking place in a 10-minute span. So there was a lot for us to keep... Very good job on the Instagram stories, James. <laughs> Thank you. I probably had a few typos in there, but... Uh, I'll, I'll, You're not I'll... the only one, trust me. We're going to make magpies in a minute. There were a few typos in that one as well. <laughs> Typo, yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know. I was commentating that game, so I'm washing my hands of those errors. But uh, we will move on to the Magpies Crusaders game up at BB Print Stadium where we saw Dwight York managing for the first time uh, in the A-League as his MacArthur Bulls ran out. 6-0 winners over an overmatched Magpies Crusaders side as I think that's pretty much all you can really say. We won't go into too much detail on this game other than the A-League club did exactly what it was expected to, Adam. 
Yeah, and they they put it away after after a couple of minutes. Um, for a unfortunate uh, goalkeeping blunder by uh, young Harrison Myers in goal after after two minutes, and pretty much from there it was downhill. But I think with Magpies Crusaders, I think it was a case of the fact that the game was at BB Prince Stadium, the fact that got you know, yeah, eleven hundred people there. I think that was a win in itself, and I think they were pretty much there to participate and uh, yeah, MacArthur showed that you know they're, they're off to a good start under uh, Dwight York. Obviously, they're, they're, um, the level of opponent will rise dramatically for them as, they, as their preparations go, but look, it's a good encouraging start. And I'm sure they enjoyed the uh, trip up to the uh, Whitsunday region as well. I'm sure they very much enjoyed their few days up in the Whitsundays and you're right, Adam's right, in the very first couple of minutes they scored that goal and from that point on they were Large in jobs, much like with the Raw game, James. The early goal gave the Raw the ascendancy and never let up against Heidelberg. The same is true for MacArthur against Magpies. It was a, a good occasion for the local football community up there in Mackay. The first time they've had a competitive game up there against an A-League opposition. So I'm sure they enjoyed the occasion, but not the result perhaps they were looking for. Yep, that's it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Magpies Crusaders... Um will be looking to uh, continue that run as well, where they will probably be continuing their rivalry with Edge Hill when it comes to claiming that regional Queensland spot in the Australia Cup uh, round of 32. Now, the final game for the Queensland teams in the Australia Cup, and if you are only just working this out, we are going to be solely focused on the Queensland teams here, being a Brisbane-based football show. So if you want your Sydney, Victorian, Adelaidean... Perthian recaps. I'm sure there will be plenty of other podcasts out there for you to listen to. And it wound up being a pretty easy win in the end for Penn Power uh, up at AJ Kelly Park, Scott. It did in the end. I mean, I want to go to Northwest Sydney Spirit actually because they were really competitive in this game. I mean, they were very strong on set pieces. They got an equaliser from, from set pieces. But in the end, Peninsula Power, I, I think the fact they played in the top tier up here in Queensland, and the fact they were at home, just let them to run over the top of Northwest Sydney. And I think the when they got the second goal right on the half-time break, or just in that area, that was really telling. It gave them a bit of breathing room once again. And in the second half, it allowed them to play the game exactly the way they wanted. They had guys like Malachi Lovesmere on the bench, who's got tremendous pace, as we know, James. And to be able to unleash him on a side pushing forward, there was always going to be space for him to exploit. And he did that to devastating effect. That he did. Adam, uh, what were your takeaways from the game? Yeah, look, um, the North, North, uh, Northwest uh, City Spirit, they, they were going to this game on a 20 match, 21 match unbeaten run. So that 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 would be that was actually no sort of you know start to sort of you know snort at now even though it was they do play in the second division of New South Wales they they've been recently promoted and uh, subsequently have gone and actually won their the uh, Waratah Cup uh, competition they they beat uh, Sydney United uh, in in the final over the weekend so even so obviously the it'll affect I think it was more of the home field advantage I think you know, that that and and that and that second goal that uh, put Peninsula power in front just for the halftime. I think that was crucial um, it, because what it meant was that uh, Spirit had to chase the game in the second half, and which then you know, pretty much launched a counter attack. And uh, Malachi loves Samira basically you know, hit him you know, full barrel both. You know what? You know with two very very good goals. And we and we were talking uh, before we started uh, recording. And Malachi loves Samira. He's definitely one of those prospects to keep an eye on for um, like not just us here in Queensland but if you are 
watching from interstate, uh, check out uh, the young winger for the Penn Power side in the NPL games as uh, Power push for the finals, Scott. Well, he's putting his name up in light, has now with those, that performance in the Australia Cup and the uh, Vultures in the Southern Conference, as we like to call it. They will be, I'm sure, a little circling to see if they can lure him him down there. But it's interesting, just Adam mentioned that Northwest Sydney played in the, their Cup game at the week and managed to win that. Bentley Greens won the Victorian Doherty Cup. It would be, wouldn't it be wonderful if, with the last four teams up here in Queensland, and James were able to, to finish off qualifying with a cup at the end of it? I'm not sure what you want to call it. I'm sure there's plenty of plenty of great names you could call it, but it'd be really nice, wouldn't it, for those four sides to be able to to finish that off and potentially lift a bit of silverware. There's a few good names you could come up with for that sort of cup here as well. We might have oh. might have to brainstorm that uh, off air and see what we can come up with for our round. Well, that's of course the traditional the traditional cup competition up here, the Canali Cup. I don't know where that actual trophy is at the moment, or whether whether it's there, where it's been hidden. Uh, hidden but that's certainly one thing to call but uh, look just going back to the game quickly um, as well that you know we're talking about you know a youngster in uh, Malachi Lopsamiri put his name up in lights I think the other youngster that the that potential power brought through in Joseph Hitchcock the one that actually got you know that that crucial second goal just before half time look both both him him and Lopsamira you know, have really sort of blossomed uh, in NPL Queensland this year, and uh, yeah, look, two of the two of the you know best prospects uh, that you know look that could potentially sort of you know go on the next couple of years. I know that there was a keep up story, I believe, that you know about touting how uh, you know players within you know the the uh, federation. In, uh, competition, the MPL competition to get their shot at the next level, but uh, surprisingly, there's uh, no Queenslanders in that list. Uh, there, there's two right there that I reckon, you know, could really, you know, be, be if they're given an opportunity, could really make an impact. And regular listeners of the podcast will know I've brought this up a few times. Uh, you've got Hitchcock uh, and Love Samira, as well as their Terrace High School teammate uh, Solomon Valdemarium, who I actually thought might have been the most talented one out of that bunch. Um, all playing there at Penn Power and products of uh, John Cosmina's uh, system at Gregory Terrace. And yeah, all three of those guys are really promising youngsters uh, for the future. Love Samira went through the Brisbane City youth program. Valdemarium spent some time uh, with the Roar as well. As a, yeah, that, that trio is definitely one to uh, keep an eye on in terms of development for the future as well. But Hitchcock, you should give him a special mention as well. He's kind of been thrown into that uh, midfield role that it sounded like was originally earmarked for Oli Plusnan, but uh, mm. it sounds like they've got... Um, uh, he's basically taken the opportunity and will be running away with it. Now, after the game, you guys caught up with a couple of Peninsula Power players, didn't you, Scott? We do caught up with the uh, captain, Hayden McHenry, and the goal scorer, Malachi Lovesmira. And let's hear from that interview after the match with McHenry and Lovesmira right now. I was joined by Hayden McHenry and Malachi Lovesmere from Prince of Power. Hayden, through for the round 16, you must be thrilled as the cap. Oh, just thrilled as a player, just to be in the round of 16 and just hope we get a good draw and we're ready to go again. How did you find it out there up against the New South Wales opposition? Look, I, I thought the first 45 minutes they really gave it to us and, uh, you know, shocked us a little bit. They played really well on the ball. Uh, in the second half, we were just happy to get a few goals and finish over the top. And I'll do the um, goal right for half of how important was that for you? Yeah, any goal before halftime is massive. It changes their halftime chat, and I think it gave us a bit of momentum going in the second half. Uh, Malico, you got came on in the second half. What were the instructions? Um, getting behind? Yeah, just uh, spinning behind. Um, just you know, try and relieve some of the pressure for the boys, um, and try and see the game out. So 
yeah, I often get that job when I come off the bench, and yeah, I'm happy to do it. You scored a lot of goals this year in the league, and now the cup as well. You don't really feel a lot of confidence out there in the side. Yeah, look, it's um, you know, every goal helps with my confidence, um, and I feel like if I can keep my confidence up and just keep on going, then I'll be able to continue that and hopefully uh, get better every week. Oh, not that I can think of. No, it's um, it was just an in the moment thought, just fell in front of me and made well hit it and turned out all right. Any preferences for the draw coming up in a few minutes? A-League side, home tie, away um, tie? I think we'll play anyone, but ideally it'd be always good to be getting a away trip. That's what everyone says. Um, but, you know, we're happy to play whoever. Yeah, look, an, an away trip would be good fun. I'd, I'd love the idea of an A-League team as well. We've come up against a few of those in the recent um, cup runs, so I'd love another go at an A-League team, and we'll see. Hopefully the draw falls your way. Congratulations, guys. Thank, Thank you very Thank much. much. Cheers. 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 Well done. Cheers. Well done. And uh, thanks for those two guys for their time after the match. And Adam, it was a pretty good result overall for uh, Penn Power, wasn't it? Yeah, look, it, look, it was, and uh, I think what it, what it came down to was uh, simply that uh, that that uh, second goal uh, scored by Joseph Hitchcock. That is what really sort of you know set the tone for the second half, which uh, again, as, as said before, that uh, allowed uh, Love Samira to really sort of you know play his natural game. That's on counter attack, and in the end, uh, you know, Northwest Sydney were were chasing uh, were chasing the game. And when you have a player like Love Samira, sort of you know give him free reign, it's always going to be hard to stop. And it does come also down to Scott seeing like that home crowd advantage as well. We know they can get pretty vocal uh, up at AJ Kelly Park, can't they? They can. It was a pretty good crowd in attendance up there at AJ Kelly Park as well. It was good. actually good to see them play the, their game at home as well as opposed to down the road at Dolphins. But to Adam's point, Josiah Hitchcock's been one of the real unsung heroes of Peninsula Power all year long, having made his debut at the back end of last year. He's really filling that holding midfield role really well for them this year, and it was a great reward him to get on the score sheet, albeit a bit of a scrappy one. Yeah, well, he was sort of thrust into the starting lineup. I think uh, he was going to be competing with Oli Plusnan for playing time, and then the injury basically just meant he was uh, given that job, and he's really come up big as well. He had the header for the goal in uh, the game against Gold Coast Knights at the start of June, and he's just really made that spot his own, and one that will probably be his for as long as uh, he wants to stay at Peninsula Power. There was, always, there was always a worry that, uh, obviously, with power, you know, after Dan, Daniel Cunha left and Sam Roper retire, sort of retired as far as, you know, NPL action goes, that, you know, that there was going to be a big hole in midfield. But, uh, there, look, Hitchcock has done a really, really good job. And he's, he's, he's one of the first players picked on Rick Coughlin's squads these days, and even, even Aaron Phil before him. So that, that's how much trust they have in him. And it's good to see him get rewards, especially on the big stage. Yeah, and that uh, young trio of Hitchcock, Love Samira, and also the striker Veldemarium as well, part of uh, Cozzy's Terrace Brigade from a couple of years ago. You know, the future is bright at Penn Power with that uh, youth team, with the guys that have come through, like the City Academy, the Raw. Um, yeah, and I'm still looking forward to seeing uh, Solomon Veldemarium get an extended run as well. His minutes have seemingly increased as the season's gone on, and he could be another one to watch as well. And we will stick with Peninsula Power because they've actually got that uh, first game of the round of 16 from a Queensland perspective the round of 16 gets underway tonight as we're recording Um, but this Sunday 4pm AJ Kelly Park Peninsula Power uh, taking on Green Gully Scott and Adam you guys will be there I'll be recovering from the Sunshine Coast Half Marathon trying to get feeling back in my feet Scott what are we looking for in terms of familiar names with the uh, Green Gully side 
Firstly, that's just a convenient excuse as far as I'm concerned, James. But in terms, <laughs> of, in terms of green goals, not too many players that would be familiar to fans of, up here in Queensland in terms of players who've moved down south. We know there's a general trend players moving in that direction. Jordan Lampard's really the only one who's moved down that way who's playing for Green Gully. But there are a lot of players who've played a little bit of around the A-League. Players like Josh Hope, the former Melbourne Victory player. I think Jeremy Walker, who's their captain, played a few games for Melbourne Melbourne Heart as they were back then and they've also got a, a striker named Matthew Fletcher who has played for Fulham and Sunderland at youth level and come back to Australia so not a lot of names are familiar to us but it's a very very strong side a bit of a rarity down there Adam yeah and look uh, they're, they're, they're a very good team um, they're, they're running fourth at the moment in the MPL Victoria competition uh, with, uh, ahead of the other like to Heidelberg if you want us to try and draw some sort of comparison about where where these uh, uh, these Victorian teams sort of sit uh, but but yeah look that, this this is a game that is going to be a really tight contest uh, it's going to be sort of you know who takes their opportunities who stands up to the big stage and look I would not be shocked if this goes um, you know to, you know it goes deep and it goes an extra time or oh, this may even be uh, decided from the penalty spot it could very well be, and just thinking long-term as well, Penn Power just about have their NPL Queensland final spot locked up, um, if not mathematically, then near enough too. But for Rick Coglin, he's probably thinking this is perfect prep for finals football as well, because we have seen Power not convert on some promising uh, seasons when it comes to the semi-finals, Scott. It is. that The finals haven't gone their way the last couple of years, no doubt about that. They were very excited on the... Um in the clubhouse after the game the other week when they found out who they were going to be playing. That was a, a massive cheer when they found they were at home to a Victorian side. They're very much looking forward to it. Not a lot of um, from, not a lot of um, examples you can find between Queensland and New South Wales that's playing each other. I think Raw, I think Lions sorry, played Heidelberg in the national finals a couple of years ago, went all the way to penalties. Luke Borey and, and his beanie might have got him the win in that one, but maybe I think also might have been strikers not long around that point as well. So not a lot you can find in the comparisons. I tend to agree with Adam. This is this is going to be a really, really tight game between these two sides. I think it probably will favour Peninsula Power at home, but I think it could go all the way. And the intriguing thing is, James, with these three ties, Queensland versus Victoria, we're going to get a really good gauge of exactly where the two states do line up in terms of quality because we haven't got too much to go on against the Victorian side. So... These two ties involving MPL sides up here will be very, very interesting. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, we continually joke about, you know, the rivalry of Queensland and Victoria with Victoria poaching so many Queensland-based players, but it is going to be an interesting measuring stick because I think it's fair to say over the last 10 years, Victoria probably does pride itself on being the alleged benchmark of the NPL competitions around Australia. Yeah, and that's uh, that's exactly. I think uh, it it is a good test to see, you know, where how how far, you know, if depending on how you look at things, about how far ahead MPL Victoria is. I I maintain the gap is not that big. Um, you just just look at the players that go that go down there that you know that perform. You know, the the, the ben, like say for example the benchmark player in uh, MPL Victoria at the moment is Max Mickler, who you know, absolutely dominated in MPL Queensland last season. So obviously there there isn't that that much gap in you know how how the competitions go. So if this comes down to, I think uh, who you know who sort of shows up on the day. Look, Peninsula Power will most likely you know field the best possible eleven they got. They they pretty much 
almost sacrificed the Morton Bay derby by you know, playing an understrength team to you know give some key players a rest to you know to prepare for this. So yeah, look, if if, if Power can show up, get the crowd behind them. Uh, look, I think they can they can edge home. But look, if they don't, and Green Gully bring their best, they could be the ones going through to the quarterfinals, which would be a good achievement for both clubs. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, let's move on now to Wednesday night, and we've got double header action as well, where Avondale are taking on the Raw and Oakley Cannons are hosting Brisbane City. I have to admit, when the draw came out, if those games were going to be on consecutive nights, a trip to Melbourne probably would have been uh, given a lot more consideration than someone with a five-month-old in the next room really should be thinking about. But it is on the same night, and we'll start with the Raw taking on Avondale, and We've seen them go down to Victoria. They've beaten NPL Victoria Club. I'm expecting another win. Like it, it may sound a little bit bullish, Scott, but that's kind of where I'm landing here. It needs to be rinse and repeat, doesn't it? What they, the attitude and the approach took into the game against Heidelberg is exactly what they're going to need in the game against Avondale in the round of 16. The good thing for the Roar is a lot of these cups that then happen in the round of 32 when the A-League sides are not up to full speed yet... They, they'll be well into the up to speed now by the time they play against Avondale. So I think they will go into this game pretty well prepared. I don't think they've had anybody else to their squad since then, but they will have be pretty well prepared for this game. And I think it should be a very, very similar matchup to the one they had against Heidelberg. In terms of players for Avondale, who people up here may very well be familiar with, uh, Joey Katabian is the former Brisbane Raw striker, played a couple of games. He's in there. The Avondale squad, as well as Bond Scott, the former Brisbane Strikers goalkeeper from there, run the semi-finals a couple of years ago. Um, Charlie Beverly, the former Cairns defender, is down there. And so is Liam Boland, he of that spectacular Australia Cup goal and the great call by the late, great Mark Cockrell. So they've got plenty of quality, this Avondale side. I think it's a better side than Heidelberg, but I'm still thinking the Raw should be too strong and able to get through to a quarterfinal for the second year in a row. You certainly hope so, but it is going to be a really big test for them either way. Um, Adam, yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really interesting seeing if um, Moon makes any sort of changes uh, from the lineup that uh, managed to get by the round of thirty-two. Yeah, look, I think this is uh, as Scott pointed out, deja vu almost. Uh, like I said, it's almost the same parameters. You know, on on uh, this is on a- Avondale's uh, home home patch at Avenger Park. Uh, Look, uh, Avondale and uh, Heidelberg match up pretty much uh, similarly. That that uh, their seventh uh, Avondale on, in the uh, on the ladder at the moment. MPL Victoria is uh, Heidelberg is sixth. So look, I think pretty much the, the same thing. I, I am. It would, would have been a bit concerning. I know that the uh, those who follow so social media know that the uh, Raw boys have been on holidays. Uh, for the for last week or so, just returned training on Monday, but I think you know, 10 days should be enough to get them back up to speed. So, uh, and and uh, yeah, so I think, you know, pretty much expect the same, but also as well expect that, you know, that it's, it's not going to be straightforward. They're going to have to show up for 90 minutes and, you know, and play well to uh, advance the quarterfinals. Yeah, that they will. Um, yeah, but for me, it's a case of uh, win, Go down, treat it like a business trip, get the job done, and uh, you know move on, hopefully, to a quarterfinals high. That being said, we'll just have to wait and see uh, what happens on Wednesday night, and we will also be keeping an eye on Oakley Cannons when they take on Brisbane City. 
a question I've got uh, for both of you here. We'll start off with you, Scott. Right now, if you're Brisbane City, knowing you're not technically safe in the NPL, how much do you put into this game uh, knowing that you still might need to come back and get a result uh, in a couple of days? Everything. You put everything into it. I've spoken to Matt Smith about cup ties and all the rest of it a couple of times for our for the Sunday show. He's got, very much got the mantra at one game at a time, James. So his focus after this weekend's game will be on this game against Avondale and they will put everything they have into the... Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. They will put everything they have into that and they will let the chips fall where they may. And I think they've got a reasonable chance of going down there given the defensive setup that they have is very, very conducive to being able to hit teams on the break. And the expectation will be all on, on Oakley to to win at home and win well and get through to a quarterfinal given Victorian teams have done the best in the Australia Cup and they'll be expected to win. I think Brisbane City can surprise them, but it's a bit like the um, the Logan situation would have had to be they had to score the first goal. If Brisbane City can hold out and get the first goal in this game, I think they have, they have a half a chance of getting a result in the game. In terms of players to keep an eye on, James, before you ask me... <laughs> you read me, my mind. Um, Raw striker who from the preseason, Joe Knowles plays for Oakley Cannon, so I imagine he will be involved in that game, as well as Tyson Holmes, Oscar Dillon, and Aaron Williams. So, again, like most of the Victorian sides, there's a lot of players who've had fringe opportunities in and around the A-League, and this is another very, very strong Victorian squad. Adam, right now, gun to your head, do you feel like Brisbane City have enough to get them home, or do you think it's going to be a Oakley night? Uh, look, uh, I think Oakley start heavy favourites. Uh, they, they are running second in MPL Victoria at the moment. They're a very, very good team. Uh, but you know what? Nothing surprises me with City. Uh, they're, they're, they're in good form at the moment. They're, they're full of confidence. Uh, this, this is going to be a very good test. I think, uh, I agree with Scott, I think it's going to be a case of the first goal is going to be absolutely crucial to how this game plays out. And if City are the ones that can do that, uh, yeah, they, they they are a red hot go at you know perhaps uh, perhaps you know stealing a spot into the uh, quarterfinals. Uh, you know, and but uh, yeah, the Oakley are going to start uh, very very strong favourites, pub. I think for City, they need to look at what they did in round seven against Lions, the way they approached that game. They need to take that mentality with them away to to Oakley next week. And the good thing is, um, depending on when you're listening to this, they do play Gold Coast Knights in a catch up game this midweek here in Queensland, and that's a very strong opponent, so it does give them some really nice preparation for that game against Oakley to test themselves against a really strong side. So they've got some good good hitouts coming up and they've shown they have done it in the past, so don't rule them out. Yeah, I think it's I think it is going to be very much a rearguard effort that will get Brisbane City through if they do find a way, but I, I'm expecting power and the raw to be the ones to advance and I think City will be gallant in defeat, let's say. Yeah, so City as well. Just go. Just bear in mind that this will be, this will be the third game in seven days. They play. They play uh, Gold Coast uh, Knights tonight, Wednesday the tenth of August, and then uh, they are home to Capalabar, the be you know, relegate Capalabar on Sunday ahead of this uh, Australia Cup tie. So they they are going to be in. Um, actually, so that's not. Right. Is that a Wednesday Cup tie, James? Yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Capalba, yeah, they do play them. So, 
So yeah, so they, they're going to be sort of. I, I but I would expect that you know Matt Smith may bring the changes for that Capalabai game in preparation for uh, Oakley next uh, Wednesday night. Especially if they, you know, they've got a, a small NPL squad as we mentioned in the round of thirty-two preview, but they do. Like if they can possibly get something off nights um, this weekend or tonight, actually, I beg your pardon, um, as their as the nights might be, you know, having a little bit of a derby hangover as well. You may see Smith try and just keep a few players fresh for what could be a massive game against Oakley. Right, uh, that is going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Uh, Adam, final predictions for the round of sixteen. Uh, yeah, I think like I think well, we, my prediction is we will have two two Queensland teams left standing: uh, Peninsula Power and uh, the Raw. Uh, I think City. I think they'll be valiant, but I think they may just fall short. But uh, look, we always hope that you know we have you now we have maximum participation from the Queensland teams, especially moving to quarterfinals. So that's what we hope. But my my feeling is that they'll be two out of three, which ain't bad. Scott. I think it'll be two out of three as well, but I'm not necessarily a hundred percent convinced on who the two will be. I don't. I'm. I think all three of these games can be almost considered as a coin flip in a lot of ways. So I think two out of three will go in Queensland's favour, and Victoria will win one. I'm not sure which way it's going to go. Fair enough. All right. I'll sit firmly on the fence here. That's a late in preseason, right? Yeah, pretty much. We're, we're, we're still working our way into our podcasting fitness as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Get out and enjoy the uh, football, be it Australia Cup, NPL, FQPL, whatever the competitions. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the action. We'll be back to recap the round of 16 on the Brisbane Football Review when it's all done. We'll see you then.